section ninety nine of the cloister and the hearth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the cloister and the hearth by charles reed chapter ninety four her attitude was one to excite pity rather than terror in eyes not blinded by a preconceived notion her bosom was fluttering like a bird and the red and white coming and going in her cheeks and she had her hand against the wall by the instinct of timid things she trembled so and the marvellous mixed gaze of love and pious awe and pity and tender memories those purple eyes cast on the emaciated and glaring hermit was an event in nature aha he cried thou art come at last in flesh and blood come to me as thou camest to holy anthony but i am ware of thee i thought thy wiles were not exhausted i am armed with this he snatched up his small crucifix and held it out at her astonished and the candle in the other hand both crucifix and candle shaking violently exorcisote ah no cried she piteously and put out two pretty deprecating palms alas work me no ill it is margaret liar shouted the hermit margaret was fair but not so supernatural fair as thou thou didst shrink at that sacred name thou subtle hypocrite in nomine dei exorcizo vos ah jesu gasped margaret in extremity of terror curse me not i will go home i thought i might come for very manhood be latin me not o oh, gerard is it thus you and i meet after all after all and she cowered almost to her knees and sobbed with superstitious fear and wounded affection impregnated as he was with satanophobia he might perhaps have doubted still whether this distressed creature all woman and nature was not all art and fiend but her spontaneous appeal to that sacred name dissolved his chimera and let him see with his eyes and hear with his ears he uttered a cry of self-reproach and tried to raise her but what with fasts what with the overpowering emotion of a long solitude so broken he could not what he gasped shaking over her and is it thou and have i met thee with hard words alas and they were both choked with emotion and could not speak for a while i heed it not much said margaret bravely struggling with her tears you took me for another for a devil oh 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 forgive me sweet soul and as soon as he could speak more than a word at a time he said i have been much beset by the evil one since i came here margaret looked round with a shudder like ye now then oh take my hand and let me lead thee from this foul place he gazed at her with astonishment what desert my cell and go into the world again is it for that thou hast come to me said he sadly and reproachfully ay gerard i'm come to take thee to thy pretty vicarage art vicar of gouda thanks to heaven and thy good brother giles and mother and i have made it so neat for thee gerard 
tis well enow in winter i promise thee but bide a bit till the hawthorn bloom and anon thy walls put on their kirtle of brave roses and sweet woodbine have we forgotten thee and the foolish things thou lovest and dear gerard thy mother is waiting and tis late for her to be out of her bed prithee prithee come and the moment we are out of this foul hole i'll show thee a treasure thou hast gotten and knowest not aunt or sure hadst never fled from us so alas what is to do what have i ignorantly said to be regarded thus for he had drawn himself all up into a heap and was looking at her with a strange gaze of fear and suspicion blended unhappy girl said he solemnly yet deeply agitated would you have me risk my soul and yours for a miserable vicarage and the flowers that grow on it but this is not thy doing the bowelless fiend sends thee poor simple girl to me with this bait but o oh, cunning fiend i will unmask thee even to this thine instrument and she shall see thee and abhor thee as i do margaret my lost love why am i here because i love thee oh no gerard you love me not or you would not have hidden from me there was no need let there be no deceit between us twain that have loved so true and after this night shall meet no more on earth now god forbid said she i love thee and thou hast not forgotten me or thou hadst married ere this and hadst not been the one to find me buried here from sight of man i'm a priest a monk what but folly or sin can come of you and me living neighbours and feeding a passion innocent once but now so heaven wills it impious and unholy no though my heart break i must be firm tis i that am the man tis i that am the priest you and i must meet no more till i am schooled by solitude and thou art wedded to another i consent to my doom but not to thine i would ten times liever die yet i will marry i wed misery itself sooner than let thee lie in this foul dismal place with yon sweet manse awaiting for thee clement groaned at each word she spoke out stood clearer and clearer two things his duty and the agony it must cost my beloved said he with a strange mixture of tenderness and dogged resolution i bless thee for giving me one more sight of thy sweet face and may god forgive thee and bless thee for destroying in a minute the holy peace it hath taken six months of solitude to build no matter a year of penance will dei gratia restore me to my calm my poor margaret i seem cruel yet i am kind tis best we part i this moment part gerard never we have seen what comes of parting part why you have not heard half my story no nor the tithe tis not for thy mere comfort i take thee to gudamance hear me i may not thy very voice is a temptation with its music memory's delight but i say you shall hear me gerard for forth this place i go not unheard then must we part by other means said clement sadly alack what other means wouldst put me to thine own door being the stronger nay margaret well thou knowest i would suffer many deaths rather than put force on thee thy sweet body is dearer to me than my own 
but a million times dearer to me are our immortal souls both thine and mine i have withstood this direst temptation of all longi now now i must fly it farewell farewell he made to the door and had actually opened it and got half out when she darted after and caught him by the arm nay then another must speak for me i thought to reward thee for yielding to me but unkind that thou art i need his help i find turn then this way one moment nay nay but i say i and then turn thy back on us and thou canst she somewhat relaxed her grasp thinking he would never deny her so small a favour but at this he saw his opportunity and seized it fly clement fly he almost shrieked and his religious enthusiasm giving him for a moment his old strength he burst wildly away from her and after a few steps bounded over the little stream and ran beside it but finding he was not followed stopped and looked back she was lying on her face with her hands spread out yes without meaning it he had thrown her down and hurt her when he saw that he groaned and turned back a step but suddenly by another impulse flung himself into the icy water instead there kill my body he cried but save my soul while he stood there up to his throat in liquid ice so to speak margaret uttered one long piteous moan and rose to her knees he saw her as plain almost as in midday saw her pale face and her eyes glistening and then in the still night he heard these words o god thou that knowest all thou seest how i am used forgive me then for i will not live another day with this she suddenly started to her feet and flew like some wild creature wounded to death close by his miserable hiding-place shrieking cruel 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 what manifold anguish may burst from a human heart in a single syllable there were wounded love and wounded pride and despair and coming madness all in that piteous cry clement heard and it froze his heart with terror and remorse worse than the icy water chilled the marrow of his bones he felt he had driven her from him for ever and in the midst of his dismal triumph the greatest he had won there came an almost incontrollable impulse to curse the church to curse religion itself for exacting such savage cruelty from mortal man at last he crawled half dead out of the water and staggered to his den i am safe here he groaned she will never come near me again unmanly ungrateful wretch that i am and he flung his emaciated frozen body down on the floor not without a secret hope that it might never rise thence alive but presently he saw by the hour-glass that it was past midnight on this he rose slowly and took off his wet things and moaning all the time at the pain he had caused her he loved put on the old hermit's cilice of bristles and over that his breastplate he had never worn either of these before doubting himself worthy to don the arms of that tried soldier but now he must give himself every aid the bristles might distract his earthly remorse by bodily pain and there might be holy virtue in the breastplate then he kneeled down and prayed god humbly to release him that very night from the burden of the flesh then he lighted all his candles and recited his psalter doggedly each word seemed to come like a lump of lead from a leaden heart and to fall leaden to the ground and in this mechanical office every now and then 
he moaned with all his soul in the midst of which he suddenly observed a little bundle in the corner he had not seen before in the feebler light and at one end of it something like gold spun into silk he went to see what it could be and he had no sooner viewed it closer than he threw up his hands with rapture it is a seraph he whispered a lovely seraph heaven hath witnessed my bitter trial and approves my cruelty and this flower of the skies is sent to cheer me fainting under my burden he fell on his knees and gazed with ecstasy on its golden hair and its tender skin and cheeks like a peach let me feast my sad eyes on thee ere thou leavest me for thine ever-blessed abode and my cell darkens again at thy parting as it did at hers with all this the hermit disturbed the lovely visitor he opened wide two eyes the colour of heaven and seeing a strange figure kneeling over him he cried piteously mamma mamma and the tears began to run down his little cheeks perhaps after all clement who for more than six months had not looked on the human face divine estimated childish beauty more justly than we can and in truth this fair northern child with its long golden hair was far more angelic than any of our imagined angels but now the spell was broken yet not unhappily clement it may be remembered was fond of children and true monastic life fosters this sentiment the innocent distress on the cherubic face the tears that ran so smoothly from those transparent violets his eyes and his pretty dismal cry for his only friend his mother went through the hermit's heart he employed all his gentleness and all his art to soothe him and as the little soul was wonderfully intelligent for his age presently succeeded so far that he ceased to cry out and wonder took the place of fear while in silence broken only in little gulps he scanned with great tearful eyes this strange figure that looked so wild but spoke so kindly and wore armour yet did not kill little boys but coaxed them clement was equally perplexed to know how this little human flower came to lie sparkling and blooming in his gloomy cave but he remembered he had left the door wide open and he was driven to conclude that owing to this negligence some unfortunate creature of high or low degree had seized this opportunity to get rid of her child for ever at this his bowels yearned so over the poor deserted cherub that the tears of pure tenderness stood in his eyes and still beneath the crime of the mother he saw the divine goodness which had so directed her heartlessness as to comfort his servant's breaking heart now bless thee bless thee bless thee sweet innocent i would not change thee for e'en a cherub in heaven atspudi replied the infant ignoring contemptuously after the manner of infants all remarks that did not interest him what is pretty here my love besides thee Ukumgars, said the boy pointing to the hermit's breastplate quote liberi tot sententiunculi hector's child screamed at his father's glittering cask and nodding crest and here was a mediaeval babe charmed with a polished cuirass and his griefs assuaged there are prettier things here than that said clement there are little birds lovest thou birds nay i and um idle airy idle not ike torx hate torx some bigger and baby he then confided 
in very broken language that the storks with their great flapping wings scared him and were a great trouble and worry to him darkening his existence more or less ay but my birds are very little and good and oh so pretty den i ixum said the child authoritatively i aunt my mammy alas sweet dove i doubt i shall have to fill her place as best i may hast thou no daddy as well as mammy sweet one now not only was this conversation from first to last the relative ages situations and all circumstances of the parties considered as strange a one as ever took place between two mortal creatures but at or within a second or two of the hermit's last question to turn the strange into the marvellous came an unseen witness to whom every word that passed carried ten times the force it did to either of the speakers since therefore it is with her eyes you must now see and hear with her ears i go back a step for her margaret when she ran past gerard was almost mad she was in that state of mind in which affectionate mothers have been known to kill their children sometimes along with themselves sometimes alone which last is certainly maniacal she ran to right hands pale and trembling and clasped her round the neck o right o right and could say no more right kissed her and began to whimper and would you believe it the great mastiff uttered one long whine even as glimmer of sense taught him grief was afoot o right moaned the despised beauty as soon as she could utter a word for choking see how he has served me and she showed her hands that were bleeding with falling on the stony ground he threw me down he was so eager to fly from me he took me for a devil he said i came to tempt him am i the woman to tempt a man you know me right nay in sooth sweet mistress margaret the last in the world and he would not look at my child i'll fling myself at him into the rotter this night oh fie fie eh my sweet woman speak not so is any man that breathes worth your child's life my child where is he why right i have left him behind oh shame is it possible i can love him to that degree as to forget my child ah i am rightly served for it and she sat down a faithful right beside her and they sobbed in one another's arms after a while margaret left off sobbing and said doggedly let us go home ay but the baron oh he is well where he is my heart is turned against my very child he cares not for him wouldn't see him nor hear speak of him and i took him there so proud and made his hair so nice i did and put his new frock and cowl on him nay turn about it's his child as well as mine let him keep it a while mayhap that will learn him to think more of its mother and his own high words often empty stomach said right time will show come you home they departed and time did show quicker than he levels abbeys for at the second step margaret stopped and could neither go one way nor the other but stood stock still right said she piteously what else have i on earth i cannot whoever said you could think you i paid attention words are woman's breath come back for him without more ado tis time we were in our beds much more he right led the way and margaret followed readily enough in that direction but as they drew near the cell she stopped again right go you and ask him will he give me back my boy for i could not bear the sight of him alas mistress this do seem a sorry ending after all that hath been betwixt you twain bethink thee now doth thine heart whisper no excuse for him dost verily hate him for whom thou hast waited so long o oh, weary world hate him right i would not harm a hair 
of his head for all that is in nature but look on him i cannot i have taken a horror of him but when i think of all i have suffered for him and what i came here this night to do for him and brought my own darling to kiss him and call him father ah luke my poor chap my wound showeth me thine i have thought too little of thy pangs whose true affection i despised and now my own is despised reich if the poor lad was here now he would have a good chance well he is not far off said reichtanes but somehow she did not say it with alacrity speak not to me of any man said margaret bitterly i hate them all for the sake of one flout me not but prithee go forward and get me what is my own my sole joy in the world thou knowest i am on thorns till i have him to my bosom again reich went forward margaret sat by the roadside and covered her face with her apron and rocked herself after the manner of her country for her soul was full of bitterness and grief so severe indeed was the internal conflict that she did not hear reich running back to her and started violently when the young woman laid a hand upon her shoulder mistress margaret said reich quietly take a fool's advice that loves ye go softly to yon cave with all the ears and eyes your mother ever gave you why reich stammered margaret i thought the cave was afire twas so light inside and there were voices voices ay not one but twain and all unlike a man's and a little child's talking as pleasant as you and me i'm no great hand at a keyhole for my part tis paltry work but if so be voices were a-talking in yon cave and them that owned those voices were so near to me as those are to thee i'd go on all fours like a fox and i'd crawl on my belly like a serpent ere i'd lose one word that passes atwixt those twain wished reich bless thee bide thou here bust me pray for me and almost ere the agitated words had left her lips margaret was flying towards the hermitage as noiselessly as a lapwing arrived near it she crouched and there was something truly serpentine in the gliding flexible noiseless movements by which she reached the very door and there she found a chink and listened and often it cost her a struggle not to burst in upon them but warned by defeat she was cautious and resolute let well alone and after a while slowly and noiselessly she reared her head like a snake its crest to where she saw the broadest chink of all and looked with all her eyes and soul as well as listened the little boy then being asked whether he had no daddy at first shook his head and would say nothing but being pressed he suddenly seemed to remember something and said he dada ill man run away and left poor mamma she who heard this winced it was as new to her as to clement some interfering foolish woman had gone and said this to the boy and now out it came in gerard's very face his answer surprised her he burst out the villain the monster he must be born without bowels to desert thee sweet one ah he little knows the joy he has turned his back on well my little dove i must be father and mother to thee since the one runs away and t'other abandons thee to my care now to-morrow i shall ask the good people that bring me my food to fetch some nice eggs and milk for thee as well for bread is good enough for poor old good for nothing me but not for thee and i shall teach thee to read i can yeed i can yeed i verily so young all the better we will read good books together and i shall show thee the way to heaven heaven is a beautiful place a thousand times fairer and better than earth and there be little cherubs like thyself in white glad to welcome thee and love thee wouldst like to go to heaven one day i along with my mammy what not without her then nay i aunt my mammy where is my mammy oh what it cost poor margaret not to burst in and clasp him to her heart 
will fret not sweetheart mayhap she will come when thou art asleep wilt thou be good now and sleep i not eepy ikes to talk will talk we then tell me thy pretty name baby and he opened his eyes with amazement at this great hulking creature's ignorance hast none other nay what shall i do to pleasure thee baby shall i tell thee a story i ikes stories said the boy clapping his hands or sing thee a song i ikes tongs and he became excited choose then a song or a story ting i a tong nay tell i a tory nay ting i a tong nay and the corners of his little mouth turned down and he had half a mind to weep because he could not have both and could not tell which to forego suddenly his little face cleared ting i a tory said he sing thee a story baby well after all why not and wilt thou sit on my knee and hear it yea then i must e'en doff this breastplate tis too hard for thy soft cheek so and now i must doff this bristly salice they would prick thy tender skin perhaps make it bleed as they have me i see so and now i put on my best police in honour of thy worshipful visit see how soft and warm it is bless the good soul that sent it and now i sit me down so and i take thee on my left knee and put my arm under thy little head so and then the psaltery and play a little tune so not too loud i ikes dat i am right glad aunt now list the story he chanted a child's story in a sort of recitative singing a little moral refrain now and then the boy listened with rapture i ikes oo said he ought is oo is oo a man i little heart and a great sinner to boot i ikes great tingers ting one other tory story number two was chanted i ubs oo cried the child impetuously ot ot caft is oo i am a hermit love i ubs vermins ting other one but during this final performance nature suddenly held out her leaden sceptre over the youthful eyelids i is not eepy whined he very faintly and succumbed clement laid down his psaltery softly and began to rock his new treasure in his arms and to crone over him a little lullaby well known in Turgu, with which his own mother had often sent him off and the child sank into a profound sleep upon his arm and he stopped croning and gazed on him with infinite tenderness yet sadness for at that moment he could not help thinking what might have been but for a piece of paper with a lie in it he sighed deeply the next moment the moonlight burst into his cell and with it and in it and almost as swift as it margaret brant was down at his knee with a timorous hand upon his shoulder gerard you do not reject us you cannot end of section ninety nine